Hello, and welcome to Media Evil, a medieval pop culture podcast. I'm Sarah Ifdecker, and on this podcast, we normally talk about how movies, TV, and books depict the medieval world. And I, as a medieval historian, complain about uh, what they get wrong, occasionally discuss what they got right, and reflect on what they tell us about how modern people think about the medieval past. Uh, so today's episode is a little bit different from our other episodes so far, uh, in part because I am here with two guests. Don Gildenbeister and Benjamin White. You guys want to introduce yourselves? I'm Don. I'm back. I oh. was on one of your previous episodes. Yes. And I'll let Benjamin talk now. Hello. Uh, I am also here, and I am a guest. We're Sarah's friends in real life, and we went to Medieval Times with her. Yes. So today's episode is a special episode where instead of talking about a movie or a TV show... We are going to be talking about a medieval experience, the immersive experience of Medieval Times Restaurant, where we all went together. So uh, I just want to share with you that since I'm off today, I've had local TV on and there's been not one, two, but three different times Medieval Times has been advertised. Really? As a like fun summer thing to do local to the city. (laughs) Yeah, it's so, big on WGN. WGN yeah. has been running these ads pretty consistently all day long. Yeah. Huh. I'm I'm glad that Medieval Times is being like promoted very heavily yes, as a thing people uh, should do for fun. They're doing discounted tickets right now for $39.95. Oh, wow. I should come, come back. back we should go again. I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we went to the one in Chicago, which is where you guys live, and which I think actually might be my closest Medieval Times, technically. I think it is, and even though it says it's in Chicago, it's actually in a suburb of Chicago. Right, yeah. I don't want to make any Chicago listeners upset that someone (laughs) quoted a lovely institution such as Medieval Times in the city limits. I'm not sure where it would fit, because it's actually really large. Like, I feel like it would be very difficult to build it in a major city. Yeah, I'm always curious, like, where the other ones are in the country. I think they're all in the same exact sort of place. Like, like they're, like, random suburb that has a large mall and an Ikea. It's, like, literally right. in the same places that you go for <laughs> business. Like, anytime you go to a city that, when you go to Houston, you don't go to Houston. You right. You go to, quote, unquote, air quotes, Houston. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, it's actually gigantic. Um, uh, I mean, it's shaped like... A castle with some Ish. weird, yeah, it's cast castle-ish. <laughs> it's got uh, turrets. What else do you need? Turrets. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it actually is kind of shaped like what people have always thought castles looked like. So, like, it actually kind of looks like this, like, 19th century, basically, like, fake set of walls that they built in Carcassonne in southern France. You know what it looks like? It looks like the Lego castle set I had as a child. <laughs> It does, doesn't it? Think about it. I mean, I was just trying to come up, real, see if I had the actual model number, the set number, <laughs> because I, I probably could come up with a bunch of those, but, or the name. There's a lot of castle sets. You're you're sending me on a journey where I just now I just <laughs> want to try and figure this out if I can figure out exactly which castle you're talking about. Well, I'll forecast a future bonus episode for Sarah. The Lego episode. The Lego medieval episode oh. because yeah. <laughs> you wanna be you wanna be really enthralled in some Lego knowledge. 
I mean, I actually almost, I think, bought you the Notre Dame de Paris Lego set, uh, which, oh, so sad. Uh, yes, we are recording this just after the fire at Notre Dame. And uh, fortunately, some of the building has been <coughs> preserved, including the stained glass, which I am very relieved about. I'm very surprised about that, actually. Given I know, same. I uh, literally just had somebody in the Star Wars group tell me that it was preserved, and I was very excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, I no, was and shocked. Yeah, and because yesterday they were saying that basically everything was gone, but I guess they were wrong and didn't know what they were talking about. So that's good. I think whenever, like, at least, at least we, I don't know a ton about fire safety and whatnot, right. but from living in a major city where there are occasionally large fires here, we just had one by our house that that whole factory blew up. Yeah. I think when the smoke billows so largely, they make assumptions right so they assume that like i mean because it looked like the windows were like on fire but i think it was just like the smoke pouring through Through. i guess yeah in such a in all actuality because of the type of timber and the age of the timber and the dryness of it this the roof was just really what was causing the smoke right yeah so which definitely makes sense and yeah the spire which is totally gone um although that is 19th century in, in, in my definite like i mean it's in my like it's not that old it's fine also the chicago news like did a really fun like dig about like or it was a no it was a church right that was like saying like oh yeah we know how fire can wreck a community so we really feel for you because, you know, we're going to keep bring up the Great Chicago oh, yeah. Fire forever. The one thing that we <laughs> want to talk about ever. It's like, remember, we had our own fire, guys. Yeah. It was a big deal. And it was. I mean, it did do yeah. some damage, but it wasn't like... I mean, it did literally change the city forever. But <laughs> Just a little big. I mean, London is honestly kind of doing the same thing, and their fire was like 400 years ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's also fair. They did bring up, though, I don't remember which building, or it might have been also another church that... No, an opera house that burnt down. Okay. Um, and comparing it to the restoration... Well, there's also a church right. in the city. That's... Oh, no, this was in Europe as well. Oh. Like, there okay. was an opera house somewhere in Europe that burnt down in the 2000s. Oh, And huh. it cost them about $60 million to restore. Yeah. So huh. they're feeling like the number of donations they've already got is going to be pretty sufficient to make sure that this is done. Yeah. Notre Dame University donated, which I think is very cute. <laughs> 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 but is. also kind of but also kind of funny since apparently they had to tweet yesterday no we're not on fire because of the amount of people who have not actually heard of notre dame cathedral and like thought notre dame university was on fire oh uh, worried about football There's so much football. yeah exactly they're really Maybe worried, they were about, really worried the about that stained glass that was in rudy if there is a stained glass window that people lose their shit about that's like like basic bitch level stained glass like like something i could probably not really but maybe i could make it yeah you did a stained glass workshop (laughs) yeah so so yeah so we are wildly off topic so uh yeah this is an off topic episode so it's allowed to be a little loose and fun yeah exactly so it's it's current events in the middle ages (laughs) medieval in the news um 
So uh, you can medieval always, time. You can always drive up to go see the the fantastic Notre Dame of Northern Illinois or Northern Indiana. That's true. I would be sort of on my way, I guess, up to Chicago. Or yeah. Kalamazoo. Or Kalamazoo, right? Can do a, a pilgrimage to the other Notre Dame. <laughs> Wave. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fun fact. Also, by the way, Jesus's crown of thorns uh, made it through the yep. fire. Or the thing that is ostensibly Jesus's crown of thorns, but is at least in a cool medieval reliquary. Yes. It, that and one other major thing that they were concerned about, they confirmed was safe. It was, uh, Saint, it was a uh, Saint. It was I think it was Saint Louis the Ninth's tunic. Yes, I was like somebody's clothing was like all I could recall. Yeah, like, it's the it's the king of France who then became a saint who actually is the one who got the crown of thorns for France. I'm just gonna back up. They literally said that they had the crown, the literal actual crown. That's what's crown always of been there. Oh yeah, since the yeah, 13th. Yeah, since the 13th been. century. That's like their big claim to fame. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Every church has claimed to fame over well, there. I know. We, we saw the, the <laughs> part where the, the 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 box that the person's heart was the what yeah. that saint's heart was in, but yeah, like, I was way more into the the the, the mouse and the cat. Sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, the, the dead like, cat was kind of cool. Assuming that the actual crown of thorns was real, like they thought. I mean, I, I guess it probably is real, maybe. I'm assuming fact-checking back then was done a little bit more, like, you know, on the fly. A little loosey-goosey, but <laughs> that's, it's, it's kind of amazing that they decided, like, yes, this is the crown of, like, it's a, this is the crown, and it's literally made of thorns. Wait, what is it? Literally made of thorns? It's made of, like, briars, kind of, yeah. Okay. We're it's like some weird branches. Show. We know so much about medieval <laughs> stuff. Yeah, we're real good. <laughs> we're really showing that Midwest charm. <laughs> Go USA. You guys are great. But yeah, I mean, they actually totally believed that they had all sorts of things. Like there's also were like eight separate places that deeply believe they had the head of John the Baptist. And I mean, certainly they didn't all have the head of John the Baptist. Uh, and probably none of them had the head of John the Baptist. But they all thought they did. Bless their hearts. Man, Catholic reliquaries are the best. They're so gory. Yeah, I kind of love the ones where it's just like, you know, I don't know if it's the person's head that's supposed to be there, but it's definitely somebody's head. You know, I mean, sometimes you just gotta, like, collect them all. Yeah. I mean, that's actually pretty much, like, medieval <laughs> relics. No, you're gonna <laughs> gotta catch them all. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're, now you're bringing Pokemon to this, and this is... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I would think back then you just kind of, like, are winging it a lot of times and being like, most of the people don't read. Most people yeah, can't write. <laughs> yeah, and also, uh, like, you know, people, you know, like, and then there's, like, a miracle that somebody says happens, and then that proves that it's a real relic, and you're right. all good. Or, like, you know, like, there's a dowry-type thing situation, or not a dowry, but a, a bounty of sorts to return something. So people are like, yeah, this head seemed legit. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like there was, like, a lot of grave robbing that clearly must have happened um, at various points because it's not until relatively late that it's actually, like, okay, this person died in the 14th century. That's definitely her head. Yeah. And, I mean, even up until, like, what, the 16th and, se- 16 and 17th century, it was still problematic in certain things. Grave robbing and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely there's still a ton of grave robbing that's probably happening when they're like, cool, yeah, we've got this relic. Um, we we found it. It's definitely not the head of this guy who died like a month ago. 
it's just gonna let's just go on because I'm gonna start making some yeah, really gross this, jokes. This is fascinating <laughs> and fun to talk about, but we are never gonna finish this medieval times things once we start talking about people stealing heads. Because yes. I have strong opinions about dead heads. <laughs> like <laughs> from my my short stint of working in a, a crime lab. You can really tell a lot from a very easy, like, a very easy, like, there's not much to go off of. Like, you're either super dead or not dead very long. Right. So, uh, another time we will talk about (laughs) severed heads. But this episode, we are talking about the medieval times experience. So, we got uh, the royalty pack. So, we had VIP seating. So, we got to sit right toward the front where you could have a good view of all of the horses and the knights. We were very fancy. Yes. I also did not realize until I got there that the Medieval Times show is now specifically Spain. I didn't know that either. I've never checked, though, so I can't really go off of previous experiences. (laughs) Yeah, we've gone a couple of times, but I don't remember. I think this is my fifth time I've gone. Yeah. I should preface this for everyone listening. I apologize, but Benjamin and I have a tendency to go to themed restaurants that are across the country. In, like, a deliciously weird way. We also have been to Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede. That's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. <laughs> um, and wasn't and wasn't Medieval Times, like, one of your, like, early dates? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, maybe three months in, six months in. Yeah. Pretty early. Yeah. I, and I think I pretty much told him we had to go. Because I was just, like, there's a large place where there's horses and they feed you. Yeah. So I think the show might be relatively new at some point. I remember we were kind of poking around and looking at various threads, and I think they, like, revamped the show at some point in the last sometime relatively recently. Uh, So this show debuted for, I think, their winter season last year. Okay. Uh, the, The AMA done by one of the creative directors of the place that's been with them for, like, 30 years kind of walked through the history of it. So if anyone does want to search the AMA section, type in Medieval Times, you'll get some knights that do AMAs. Nice. You get some squires that do AMAs. It's highly worth the search. It is. They're really fun. fun to <laughs> yeah, read. some of them are definitely really fun. Yeah, um, it was really interesting. I had no idea that you had to train for a year to be a knight. Mm-hmm. I literally thought it was just like any other like crappy like server job where you just like, they're like, yo, someone called in. You're getting on this horse tonight. Right, which is actually kind of cool. And I will <laughs> say, like, the fighting is very well choreographed. I mean, they clearly, like, know what they're doing in terms of, like, stage fighting and horse handling and stuff like that. You were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say that I was literally, she just said the same thing. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> <that was> just... <laughs> There's no way somebody can just be hired up the street and just get up on a horse like that. I mean, I honestly They're didn't really know. Good at it. I know, but like, <laughs> I'm saying, like, this was my first notion, like, years and years ago, like, 10 years ago. Like, when I think of the idea of themed restaurants, I think that, like, most people literally have zero interest in doing this. Mm. Right. And, like, they're just like, I'm a suburban kid, and <clears throat> someone told me if I got a job here, girls would want to make out with me. I mean, I think that is also true. Yeah, like, there's clearly, like, this is, like, the seasonal, like, the off-season run fair dudes. I mean... <laughs> right. I would probably make out with a squire at medieval times. I mean, I don't know if a squire. Maybe a knight. I mean, that yeah. one night was really hot. There, okay. there is yeah, one really hot night. Yeah, we're going to save the night. green night for later. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, the servers, on the other hand, I feel like were very varied in their level of enthusiasm. <laughs> and ours was really not into it. She was like, m'lady. <laughs> yeah. Her level best. I mean, I genuinely feel bad for her. I feel like if you just want like a standard server job and then it turns out that the one you get is the one where you have to wear a costume and call people milady and say that you're serving them dragon's blood soup, I can see not being overly enthused about that situation. But apparently because of the way they serve stuff, they make bank. Yeah. They make, oh, real? Like, they make between five and $700 a night. Oh, that's not bad. Considering there's only two shows on average. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like that could justify a little more enthusiasm, but. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> like she could have at least been like, milady, and said so she was like, milady. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. She was not into it. Like, basically, um, threw a roll at my face. Yeah. No, she was, she was not on board. <laughs> so back to the royalty package that we got, the VIP. Yes, we got the royalty package, which meant uh, we got a flag, um, and you actually get assigned as you come in. They give you, like, a little, like, paper crown and a flag and stuff like that and seat you in the section for a particular night. So we were seated in the section for the black and white night, who you're then supposed to root for that night and the other two of the six nights who are designated as his buddies. We may have also pressured Benjamin into buying us fancier flags. Yes. Um, <laughs> in addition to being able to spend money on fancier flags, you can also spend money on getting medieval-themed or medieval times-themed uh, glassware of various kinds. Some of which light up very. <laughs> is that still working? Yeah, like, it is. Awesome. And it's like shaped I like have a castle. My drink into my turret. <laughs> oh, should we pause so we can? <laughs> no, it's okay. Here? So, yeah, so I am not using my glass currently, but I do now have a very large Medieval Times beer stein. And Benjamin and I also have those from our previous visit. Yeah, there is. yeah we do. And uh, to, to discuss what uh, Sarah just mentioned, they have e these acrylic tall glasses that are formed to look like a castle turret. And the bottom of it has a battery pack and it strobes much like an ounce ounce type feel and it has five different settings. So yeah, you can ounce ounce to a color, a color wheel or just one single color. Basically think of a rook from chess. It looks like that. But at a rave. But at, yeah. Rave rook. Yeah. <laughs> rave rook. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, uh, you could also, I, I think they might have been out of them, but you could also buy like an actual like thing shaped like a helmet. They were not out of them. We just went to the oh. wrong register and I'm still a little salty it. about it. Oh, damn. Because Benjamin found them when he went around the corner. Oh. Remember? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, uh, Dawn now has a drink in her amazing light up glass. Um, if I have to pause to get a drink later, I can get the stein. Be hypnotized. Yes. Sorry. I'll and I'm sure listeners that. will all deeply appreciate this in this completely non-visual medium. I can I can make a video <laughs> of it later. And That's true. You release yeah. This. 
That's true. Uh, there will Excellent. be a multimedia component because you should post the video and uh, I will have to post the very creative map of Spain that I will be talking about in detail in a bit. Yes. And I could also put Benjamin in the hat because we still have it and we could get Amazing. him the flag and he could actually be the video prop person for the drink. You're elected. Yay. Oh, uh, we Yay. Pick up good that. So before you go in, um, uh, you are able also to buy uh, assorted swords and shields. There are a lot of sword options for purchase. Um, uh, There's also some interesting decoration. And some of it is just like basically random medieval weaponry, kind of what you would expect. But I will say, credit where credit is due. They also have like a little case of document facsimiles. Including some, like, legit, like, the kind of stuff that I study, uh, the, like, these, like, notarial, like, economic contracts. Um, they had some replicas of those in a little display case, and I thought that was very sweet, and it was very nice that they made the effort to include something that was not necessarily exactly what a regular person would think about the Middle Ages. Yeah, I'm assuming they had an intern one summer that was actually studying medieval studies, and this was, like, their level z option for an internship and this is where they drew the short straw i mean i will say i would have taken that internship when i was in college i mean right but like (laughs) i don't know if many phds would agree with you like i mean i don't know like i feel like i feel like a decent amount of people like obviously would not have done that like once they were in a phd program but like i don't know i mean i know friends i have friends that like did reenactment at various points like yeah maybe like sophomore year yeah, exactly. Like freshman or sophomore year, I definitely would have done that internship. Wait, there are medieval reenactments? Like, yeah, I mean, like there are there's like the there's SCA. a T- Oh yeah, there's that. But I, I like, you know, my dad was like a big mountain man person, so it was like a French and Indian War stuff that mm-hmm. he was really into. So yeah, my sister used to joust. Yeah, I completely forgot that that was actually like that. There are people that are into that who are actually. Our age? Well, no, that they they are really <laughs> into his, history and not just, like... The fun part. Lord of the Rings shit. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Like, And they're actually, I will say, there are probably people who do that kind of, uh, like, reenactment stuff that probably know more than most academic medievalists about stuff like clothing. Just because, like, unless that's very specifically your research area, you know, it's not necessarily the thing that you really look into in that much detail. Um, but it's the kind of thing that, you know, a lot of people who are reenactors, like, really, you know, have an immediate handle on because they actually have to recreate medieval-style clothing. And when some I people was, take it really seriously. When I was in junior high, my sister made me two handmaiden dresses. Hmm. So I could go to the fair with her. Cool. Because <laughs> she would not let you go to the fair with you with her not dressed up. Yes. Because you are allowed to go to the not dressed no, up. No, I know, but she was going, <laughs> she was going to joust. Okay. What? That's Brad. Your sister jousted? Yeah. She used to make chain mail, too. Yeah. My sister's kind of weird, but cool at times. Yeah, your sister's pretty rad. (laughs) But no, she used to go to something called Pensick. It's in Pennsylvania every summer. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the Pensick War. It's like two weeks of camping and battles. Huh. Neat. You should look it up. Yeah. So yeah, you can do various things like that. Um, let's see, anything else that is especially memorable from before going inside? Uh, I mean, you did forget the photo opportunity with the queen. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, you could take photos of the queen. Um, Maybe. We also didn't do the dungeon. Yeah, we did not do the dungeon. Oh, right. Yeah, you could have paid extra and gone into the dungeon. Um, oh, and there is also a herald making announcements to direct you where to go, um, who does get enthusiastic and uses medieval-esque language. Mm-hmm. Also, all the drinks had, like, weird medieval faux pun names. Yeah, that's right. I actually can't remember any of them, unfortunately. There's, like, the Sorcerer's Cup and, like, the Knight's... Oh, yeah. The Knight's, the knight's Mead... And you could yeah. get one in a horn if you wanted to, if you really wanted to go. Yeah, they had I, the horn and the knight. They had the... Why am I the helmet. helmet. Yeah, I kind of wanted a horn, to be honest. Yeah, The horn too. was what was sold out. It was the knight's oh, helmet Oh, that's that right. Wasn't. Yeah. I, I actually do have a horn. That you can drink out of? I'm pretty sure. My, I'm surprised my dad hasn't mailed it to us yet. Well, he hasn't found it yet. He'll find it and mail it to yeah. us. Just like the knife email to your job. But yeah, that was still, weird. <laughs> These are wildly different areas of, of history, but that's fine. Benjamin <laughs> won a knife for starting fires. Yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> With no I... context, that sounds really weird, right? It really <laughs> does. Cool knife. I mean, it's it's not yeah. super sharp, though. She, I think she wants you to explain why, how you won a knife for what. Oh, well, it, starting a fire with, like, flint and tinder, like... Um, it was a fire starting challenge. You had to build a fire high enough to burn the string that was on top of this little area. Okay. Like, it was just like a string, a piece of twine tied up. And so if the per- first person to build a fire high enough to burn the string in half won the challenge. And I did it. Nice. Congratulations. So it's not like you successfully committed arson, so now you win a knife so you can stab people. <laughs> I wish that. Uh, my lawyer has advised me not to comment on this. <laughs> so yeah, uh, besides yeah. Uh, the weird horn that we couldn't buy and the knights drink names that we didn't remember, uh, the terrible maps you're going to rip apart later, and the enthusiastic people that were yelling, I don't really think there's anything else. The yeah. bathrooms are not medieval. They are not. Uh, there is also, just by the way, and I don't think I actually noticed all of these until later, but this is uh, in the kind of decor part, so I'll mention it now. There's a series of just kind of random paintings that I think are supposed to be kind of medieval style, um, but which the actual artistic style is very modern, but the composition is supposed to look kind of medieval, I think. Yes. And the subject matter is supposed to be medieval. Um, one of them, for reasons that are entirely beyond me, has what looks like somebody executing a llama. Yes, that was wonderfully <laughs> and creepy, and I just kind of wanted it. Yeah, so uh, I will post a picture of that in the Facebook group um, of, for some reason, someone executing a llama at Medieval Times. I will add, though, that the hand dryers had advertising Medieval Times wraps around them. Okay, so there is a little a little theme. And, and honestly, probably for the best that they were not Medieval-style bathrooms. No, although it would be kind of cool if it was like a toilet put into a throne. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just saying <laughs> the medieval style bathrooms is just a hole, but that's... go big or go home. Yeah, uh, right. I mean, that's why I was saying it would not be a great idea for it to be medieval style bathrooms because I feel like most people would not be thrilled if they got there and it's like surprise, get to squat in front in front of this hole. Um. 
So uh, inside, you get seated by uh, whichever knight you have been assigned to root for, which for ours was the black and white knight, which since this is supposedly Spain or Spain inspired, uh, we were in the section for the black and white knight, who is the knight of Santiago de Compostela. I was very sad when I realized that since this was Spain, that meant that our mortal enemy, the red and yellow knight of Perelada, was in fact the knight of Catalonia, and that therefore we were uh, set to root against my people. Archidemesis. <laughs> I know it was it was really sad. Those those are those are my people. I, I speak their like, language. Yeah, I wonder if we could have been like hello. We need to change sides, right? Like if I just interest here in our seating party. Yeah, I don't think anyone. Huh, maybe I bet I. I guarantee you, someone has done this at least once. I think if I'd realized it earlier and then said something in Catalan, I probably they wouldn't have known I was saying so. I was speaking Catalan, but I feel like I probably could have managed. Oh, for sure. I mean, also <laughs> too, if you would have maybe taken your bra off and threw it at a knight. It also would have worked based on the AMAs, I read. Yeah, that definitely would have worked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a whole story here you're not talking about. No, like on the AMAs, like about how like the knights would talk about like when they would go to do like the, they would throw the, their like scarf into the crowd and they go to take it back at the end and women would put like their bras or their panties on it instead. So the knights... Then that's our Tom Jones somehow. Yes. <laughs> I, these these sort of stories really just I I'm so fascinated by them because I don't understand how someone does that. I mean, you these get are, you get really loaded up on you know the cauldron of witchcraft brew or whatever it was called, right? Because I mean, they all didn't make any sense really what they were called. No. You, you pound a few of those an hour and a half before the show. You probably, you know, pre-game it at a local bar or in your car because we are in the Midwest. Right. And then you just get a little too loosey-goosey when you're there with your girlfriends for a bachelorette party, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. I just, the, I can understand, okay, I can see how someone could take a bra off. Like, I've, I've Maybe seen they that. brought the underwear. Well, I've seen you do it before. I know how bras, you can take a bra off. I'm happy that you learned how bras come off. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, if you if you're not wearing pants, like if you're wearing a skirt, oh, it's really yeah. easy. Yeah, I guess yeah, that is pretty easy. Oh, I was just assuming Benjamin's pants. Benjamin's mind is blown. I was just assuming pants. I don't know why. Because you wear pants. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, if you're wearing a skirt or dress, it's even easier than taking a bra. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, fair you, enough. You, yeah. you're bored tomorrow on the way to work. Read the night's AMAs. And they get a lot. Of, they get a lot of underwear. I mean, yeah, especially at the Saturday night show. Woo. Good for them. Yeah. I think it's kind of strange to be like, oh, I'm sorry, small child. I just almost like put a noose around your head from this bra while I was startled that a woman yeah. on. It's kind of a weird dynamic, I will say, that that stuff clearly happens that people like throw their underwear at the nights. <laughs> and then also there are lots of small children. <laughs> yeah, it's a real, it's a weird, it's a weird bed of debauchery. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, like, I feel like maybe the people who take their children there don't entirely expect that that's going to happen. Maybe and that's then why there's are a, a little show. <laughs> right, for the people who have been to the evening show before know that's a risk and realize they should not bring their children to the evening show. 
Fun fact for those that live near medieval times, apparently if you're within school bus distance, this is a normal thing that happens when you're in junior high to go there. Because one of our other friends that went with us had gone there multiple times in junior high and high school as a school field trip. Because it's educational. (laughs) Yeah, so educational. Yeah, so educational. And apparently during the week, they just open during the day to do school events. So, yeah. um, Very elaborately choreographed. Um, You got to see the horses dancing. There also are uh, some creative uh, descriptions of the meals, and I will talk more about the meals in a bit. Um, with uh, the soup is described as dragon's blood soup, and the chicken is like baby dragon, and they keep going on that theme. I, I had some weird stuff called stuff too because I had a vegetarian meal, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, I remember what yes it was, but I do remember thinking like enough with the dragon stuff, like. There are other mythological creatures. Right. The dragon's blood. Cool. Got it. The dragon eggs. Mm, or baby dragons. That was what the chicken was. Baby dragons. Right. But I think the, like there were like potatoes that were dragon's eggs. Oh, sh- shoot. Yes, there were. Just a little bit too many dragons. Like, yeah. give me a... Um, mm, what are some other mythological creatures we could be eating? Uh, I feel or, like unicorns tend to be considered like in bad form to consume. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Harry I'm Potter just... ruined it. <clears throat> so before we move on, I just have a couple things I did for a little research myself over here. The awesome. high level advertisement for this is jousting, horsemanship, falconry, plus a four course utensil free meal served in a castle like space. Yeah. Uh huh. That's very accurate. Further, one of the top questions on Google is Am I allowed to wear jeans to this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it makes it harder to throw out, to remove your underwear and throw it at the night. <laughs> the same, that literally is a problem I was having. Like, I just don't understand how you get those underpants off. And you might want to also post this. There is a video on the Eater YouTube channel about how you can, how they actually have figured out a way to serve 1,300 chicken dinners in 30 minutes. It's actually which really is, fascinating. Yeah. That which is actually, I will really say, impressive. Because yeah. their kitchen is basically like a high-level food factory. Oh. Huh. And while I have thoughts about the food and its accuracy level, <laughs> um, it was totally fine and it was definitely hot yeah it wasn't i mean i would say it's on par with you know like a olive garden or chilies yeah exactly i mean yeah literally half of the things did not exist in medieval times yeah they were all <laughs> right that world uh foods like potatoes tomatoes tomatoes yeah. yeah like i'm sure they get the cisco classic level okay well, right yeah um, so Don, do you have additional research? No, that was it. Okay. So, uh, the food is a good segue into, uh, what would normally be the Vera at Falso's section about what they get right and wrong. And a lot of it is wrong. Um, the food, first of all, uh, like as Benjamin was saying, a lot of it is new world food, which seems like such a weird choice. 
Um, it does, especially when I think there's things they could also serve well that would be more on brand. Right. Like the choice to do like specifically tomato soup and potatoes. And wasn't there also corn? Yeah. Yes, there was. <laughs> it's like there's just so much of specifically New World vegetables. And you kind of wonder, like, didn't anyone think about this for like five minutes? So I can actually give you the entire menu for the King's Feast without the fancy names because they don't actually put that on here. Okay. There also was, in the AMA, there was a thing about the about the food, I remembered. That yeah, like how they like, decide the meal or something. Like just to be fun, like, but that's... So there's garlic bread, creamy mm-hmm. tomato bisque soup, which is your dragon's blood soup, roasted chicken, which is baby dragon chicken. I think... A corn cabet. Yep. An herb basted potato. Yep. <laughs> and a pastry of the castle. Right. I don't actually remember what the dessert was. It was like an apple fritter or something. Yeah. Okay. It might have been the most accurate part. Yeah. Um, especially because also the chicken, while obviously they would have had the option of making roast chicken, this is supposed to be a like high level meal for the nobility. And a pretty basic, just like roasted chicken thigh would not have been considered especially high status food um, because they tend to go in for really elaborate preparations where like the food is kind of decorative and looks like something weird and also has a lot of spicing. Right. So additionally, to make the experience extra weird for everybody involved in this situation, I don't like to eat things on bones. Right. Because I am sometimes still seven years old. And I got the vegetarian meal option instead, which had some real humdingers in there. Uh, we got some hummus. Uh, which is problematic. <laughs> some yep. warm pita bread. Yep. Carrot and celery sticks. Now here it doesn't list that I was supposed to have the tomato blood soup thing. I did get the tomato soup, though. Like you okay. all did. And okay. then I also got the three bean stew with fire roasted tomato and brown rice. So no wonder I wanted to die after we left because I just was pumped <laughs> full of liquids. And, and also, also like a lot of beans. Totally lots of beans. And then my dessert was supposed to be fresh fruit or Italian ice, neither of which happened. Mm. Did you get the same dessert as the rest of us? Yeah. Yeah, but I think I gave it to Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of choices made about the food. Also, the fork thing is very much people's view of the Middle Ages, but most places in Europe, at least like rich people, which is what we are supposed to be, um, because it was supposed to be like a knightly blanket and we are all supposed to be lords and ladies. Uh, most people who are the elites would have had forks by like the 12th, 13th century. Not to mention, well, that also, but like, even if they didn't have forks, they had some form of apparatus, like... They always had spoons and knives. Yeah, it's always knives. You always had knives to put stuff on. Like, yeah. And also, we didn't... Did we have a knife? I, I think maybe... Did we have a knife? Or did we have nothing? Like a knife. And then to make it extra weird... Um, for... Well, I guess not to make it extra weird. You can cut all that out. Sorry. But for anybody that actually wants to go after hearing this amazing <laughs> uh, episode... And you get the opportunity. If you really don't want to touch your food, you can just ask them for silverware and they'll bring you it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can also, get you silverware, totally but. 
Everyone should totally go. Spoiler alert to the end of the episode. <laughs> you should totally go. <laughs> so before we get to our rating, though, I would like to in particular reflect upon the map of Spain. Because the map of Spain is a map that has never existed at any single point in uh, the history of the Iberian Peninsula. <laughs> um, so first of all, basically the way it's organized is that in the top kind of like, basically like right corner or so, more or less, like in kind of basically most but not quite all of the very kind of like top sliver of Spain, that is divided between various kingdoms some of which are real and some of which are questionable. Um, It labels the entire west side Portugal, despite the fact that many of the kingdoms that are highlighted are kingdoms that never coexisted with Portugal. And the rest of the country, inexplicably, is just labeled Spain, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which then raises the question of what the rest of it's supposed to be. Um... (laughs) But, of course, it also is, I think, really questionable because uh, at the time when there would have been, say, a number of Christian kingdoms that are mostly occupying the northern part of the country, the undifferentiated mass that is just labeled Spain on this map would have been uh, Muslim-ruled Al-Andalus. And this entire show enthusiastically pretends Muslims do not exist. Very much. Like, very enthusiastically. Well, it's just, um, that does raise some questions about our favorite uh, Green Knight. Yeah, there actually, there is actually one, I mean, I do appreciate that they actually seem to have, like, race-blind casting for the knights, that there is, uh, I guess there was one um, black man who was cast as a knight. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I do appreciate that they have race-blind casting. Um, but, like, yeah, but then he's just the knight of... I can't remember which kingdom he was supposed to be. It was Maybe he was the knight of Leon. Mm. Yeah, we don't um, remember that either. <laughs> but just, like, one of the various kingdoms. Um, other things that I would like to highlight about this map is that uh, the kingdom of Asturias is, first of all, in the wrong place because it's in what is instead vaguely labeled as Portugal or a chunk of it at least is. Um, And also it is portrayed as being next to the kingdom of Leon, despite the fact that the kingdom of Leon replaced the kingdom of Astorius and they never existed at the same time. Um, And I also have thoughts about the fact that while a number of the kingdoms, then the knights are just like given the name of the actual kingdom. Catalonia, weirdly enough, is instead uh, given the name of the knight of Petalada which seems like a really weird choice given that while there would have been a count of Paralada at the time, the much more important count would have been the count of Barcelona. And so I don't understand why he wasn't just the Knight of Barcelona. There's a lot of questions there. Uh, I think <laughs> it's kind of just like when anybody wants to make up a story on a topic they don't like. Like for example, when we see some of the hot takes from the screenwriting group, Right. And people are like, oh, I know this one thing. I'm just going to make other things exist within it. I'm pretty sure Dawn is just Googling trying to find that hot green knight. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to highlight about the choices that are made about how the knights are organized is that um, we are associated with the Knight of Santiago de Compostela. 
And I do want to note there was actually a military order of Santiago, but on the other hand, it did not exist until 1160, a point at which the map of Spain that they so creatively invented is even more inaccurate than it would have been in, say, about the year 1000, which is the closest this map comes to having any kind of validity. Um, also, I think it's kind of cool that now they actually, like, they actually don't have a king. They have, like, a queen and the queen's advisor and the queen's in charge, um, which is kind of cool. And uh, although the problem is that at this time there would not have been any unified Spain under a queen, like, under a monarch at all, because Spain is, as we know it, is not a thing until the 15th century. In, the, like, the 11th century, it would have been, like, five kingdoms and then gradually it became like three kingdoms, etc. Um, but um, the, uh, but there were, but I did, but I do want to note that there were a couple of ruling Queens of the kingdom of Castile. So that is, I think a kind of cool touch. That is something that is actually right about the middle ages, but that people would not necessarily expect. So are the, 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 the kingdoms of Spain are what would be Spain at the time where they were like, are they kind of represented? Like, uh, would they have been the the people, like the knights that were we saw? Like, would they? Um, yeah. What, what were the king? What were the 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 uh, regions of Spain that before this time? Yeah. So it depends on exactly like what time you're talking about. But so okay, in about the year nine hundred, there's uh, the kingdom of Asturias. Um, uh, there's uh, the count, uh, there's the kingdom of Aragon, um, which I think is represented. There's, uh, the kingdom of Nevada and there's the kingdom of, or there, not the kingdom, there's the county of Barcelona or kind of various kind of an amalgamation of counties, the most important of which was the county of Barcelona. And that's what's now Catalonia. Mm -hmm. Um, so then, so that's the kind of what you've gotten around the year 900, um, the kingdom of Asturias, part of it then splits off and, become the, and becomes the kingdom of Castile. And then the rest of Asturias um, then ends up instead becoming the kingdom of Leon. Um, so that's the issue is that it has Asturias, Leon, and Castile as if they're three completely separate things. Um, but all of them are at some point the name of a kingdom. Um, Navarre continues to be a kingdom and lasts for a while um, starting in the 12th century, Portugal also becomes a kingdom. And uh, in the, I think the 12th century as well, but they kind of go back and forth. Uh, Leon and Castile are united and Aragon and what is now, and uh, what is now Catalonia. So the area under the rule of the Count of Barcelona, those also become united. And then what is now Spain exists because the Queen of Castile marries the King of Aragon. And in Catalonia, they still basically complain about how, you know, we never really agreed to, like, be in a country with, like, those people in Castile, and we don't <laughs> want them. And uh, and essentially, that's, like, still part of the justification for Catalan independence, is that, like, we didn't used to all be one country and never should have been one country. Okay, so how Texas <laughs> feels. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> Except that they also have the experience of, like, fascism and their language being outlawed but no. yeah and just it's more of a joke sorry <laughs> no it's fine i just i just get sensitive about catalan independence as you know oh no i mean like, like <laughs> that was really quick uh, so you were talking about all that stuff in words i can't pronounce which is super fun for me 
But you did mention there were three ruling king. Or I'm sorry, three ru ruling queens of the Iberian, or specifically of uh, either Castile or Castile Leon. Yes, there were three of them. I can't say their names. Yes, yeah, so one. I can say Isabella. <laughs> Got that one. <laughs> yeah, so the the last one was Isabella, who is the one who married the king of Aragon, uh, creating the unification of Spain. Okay. Uh, one is Uraca, which is uh, was a popular name for uh, Castilian royal women for a bit back in the day. Um, uh, and she was in the early 12th century. And then Berenguela, who uh, ruled Beninguela? for a little bit. Berenguela. Okay, that's the closest I'm getting. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, who ruled for a little bit in 1217, but ended up abdicating in favor of her son. Um, they're also in uh, Aragon, did not have a like an exact ruling queen, but there actually was a princess of Aragon who ended up then being the one who married the Count of Barcelona, and that's how those places became united. Okay. Yeah, so she did inherit. She just didn't exactly rule as queen because he ended up basically ruling, unfortunately. I mean, no offense to him who is, I really should remember this. I think he's Ramon Berenguer I. He's one of the Ramon Berengers. So, Don, you found the Educational Guide to Medieval Times. Uh, yeah. What exciting I did. things does it reveal about how they would like this experience to be educational? So the basic understanding from me glancing through it is it's a high-level overview of some basic vocabulary with some additionally basic understanding of, for example, medieval castles and battles. Mm -hmm. They explain what a lord is and what a man okay. is. They explain that the earlier castles were built between the 9th and 10th century, how many, you know, how the average thickness was 15 to 20 feet for a wall. Okay. Bad. Uh, they talked about how medieval weavers used dye from plants and insects. Okay. Used about they had about a range of twenty colors mm -hmm. maximum. Uh, they now this is something I knew a lot about. Textile. Oh, about dyeing. Oh, okay. Uh, my mom was very much into natural dyes. Oh, cool. Oh. So these are things that I do know. I do know that red is from the Cochinelle beetles. Hmm. That's where the that uh, the the brand there's a brand Cochinelle, right? Uh, maybe. Oh, anyway, Cochinelle <laughs> is from uh, a particular type yeah. of beetle. It is red, and that's what we get the red dye from. Anyway, go on. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, so they bring up the Bayou Bayou Bayou, Bayou the Bayou tapestry. And uh, the Lady with the Unicorn series. Mm -hmm. uh, a Mile of Flowers, which is a thousand flowers. Uh, just how large some of these were. Then it goes to Castle Defense. That involves just how sieges were carried out. Um, siege warfare was used by Europeans from Arabs. During the Crusades, most often battles were fought during the summer months when weather was typically better. Yeah. What a buttress, a tower, what keeps are. Narrow slit windows is another key okay. word. The four building, murder holes, which I don't know if that's really a vocabulary word. but I mean, it's not it. one I usually assign oh, to my students, but hey. 
Okay, tomorrow you're going to teach them about murder holes. I'll teach them about murder holes on Thursday. They were windows or special holes in walls or gates that were used by defenders inside the castle to pour sewage, hot water, oil, or burning tar on those below. I literally, I knew that already. That, that yeah, I'm, I was well aware what murder halls were because of, you, you poured hot oil onto them. Well, I know that, but I was explaining to the audience. Mm. Okay, but I just... You were very excited. I'm sorry. And I just think it's funny that it says murder holes on a website from Medieval Times. Yeah, it is. It's a good phrase. (laughs) It is. Then it explains what page and squires are. You get some little illustrations. And then it gives you an overview of the vocabulary. It talks about the swords, Mm -hmm. daggers, flags and banners, the codes, um, the coat of arms, the traditional colors, the medals that were used. And then we go into weaponry and equipment. It's pretty pretty thorough, to be huh. honest. Uh, battle ox, call trap, crossbow, dagger, glaive is a word, right? Well, Sarah and I both know what glaive. Yeah. Is. Okay. I'm just no. I'm just asking if I'm saying it correctly. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, gunpowder. That was a thing. It was a. No, I'm. And it still is. I've heard of it. Yes. They wouldn't have had it in Europe, though, for... It was introduced, it says, in 1250. Hmm. I think it's introduced in the Islamic world in 1250. I am not sure they actually had it in Europe in in 1250. The strange and powerful new technology was introduced to Europe around 1250. Hmm. Invented by the Chinese much earlier, gunpowder was brought back and used with poor success until it was better understood. Eventually, Europeans learned more about gunpowder leading to the powerful new weapons such as guns, bombs, and cannons. That's also like a big eventually. (laughs) Yeah, and then they go into equipment and then they talk about basically how the knights existed and what their purpose was basically within the organization. Right. Of. It actually seems like the, uh, the educational segment of the Medieval Times website pretty good it's actually more thorough than you would expect yeah but i i think that it's definitely like at a sixth grade level right yeah Yeah. but but it's not that bad i mean i feel like honestly my biggest critique of it is that is the gunpowder well the gunpowder which uh so there are references to they were clearly aware of gunpowder but the first gunpowder recipe and the first evidence that they actually like kind of had the faintest idea how to do anything with gunpowder is about 1300 well, I think you should email Medieval Times after this uh, episode and explain that you would like them to cover I'll, the I'll let them know. I mean, I'd, I'd also like them to fix their map of Spain, but... Uh... <laughs> I mean, you could add it in there. Yeah, we could go, we could go back to that. <laughs> I mean, so I feel like my biggest problem, I was going to say, with the uh, the educational stuff is that it seems weird to me that they're really very exclusively focusing on uh, essentially warfare knights and castles. Um, And I mean, which is obviously what most people think of when they think about the middle ages. And it's obviously what's being kind of highlighted at medieval times. Um, But it's a kind of general problem that I have with, with what the kind of, I guess, standard perception of the middle ages is. 
that it's okay. I mean, so, but now you're completely ignoring anything about medieval religion, which is extremely important in medieval society. You're completely ignoring anything that's happening in, you know, with the growth of cities and uh, with, you know, artisans. And you're also, it sounds like uh, basically completely ignoring the fact that women exist. Or brewing, which also women yeah. did most explicitly. Yeah. Um, and so it's that there's just so many other things that are happening and uh, the knights are a relatively small proportion of the population. And it's, you know, it's not uncommon that that's how the Middle Ages is presented. But I, you know, especially as a medieval social historian, I find it sort of frustrating that that's being highlighted in the educational guide to the complete exclusion of any other kind of knowledge about the Middle Ages. I think you've got a customer. Review. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But before we move on to our to your last segment, I have one question. Yes. You left out the falconer. Why? Oh, I forgot about the falconer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just like, are you like really against it? No, I just like... forgot about the falconer. Uh, there was a falconer and that falcon is awesome. <laughs> I was actually looking for a point to t- say that I've been several of times to medieval... I've attended Medieval Times a number of times. And <laughs> so hard to say. It is. There's so many times in this sentence. I have been a frequent guest of Medieval Times. Perfect. But my favorite thing is that there's a point where some dude just comes out with a falcon and just lets this falcon run around for like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I don't good, know. It's a good chunk of time. It's a pretty good chunk of time. Yeah. yeah. And it's great because it's just this falcon that's like flying around grabbing stuff uh doing falcon stuff it's good (laughs) falcon stuff also on uh the reddit ama uh they did have a falconer as well oh yeah and it's it's uh, very often that at least one or two shows a week the falcon the falcon just gets grumpy and stays up in the (laughs) he's like yeah no i'm good (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, grumpy falcon. <laughs> that would be very sad if you were there and there was a grumpy falcon. Yeah, I feel like I've played my odds, though. I'm probably going to get a grumpy falcon sooner than later if I go back. Yeah. yeah I, I, the, he's always been, or they, I shouldn't say he or she. It's they. It's they. It's a, the falcon can decide who they want to be. Yeah. But every time that I've been there, the falcon has done a good job. Yeah. yeah. My work trip. Falcon definitely performed. Oh, yeah. You went there for work. <laughs> yes, I did go there for work. I was literally a stereotype of a television show. I weirdly have not uh, ever been there for work. Uh. <laughs> I'm very shocked. I bet if there was one near Kalamazoo, you would be right there every freaking Well, so trip. apparently there actually was, I think, in one of the AMAs, somebody actually did ask, like, I think somebody actually asked about, like, do you know about the tradition of people going to the, the big medieval conference oh, yes. at Kalamazoo, going to medieval times? And I was really confused by this uh, because the closest medieval times to Kalamazoo is actually the one in Chicago, which is pretty far. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know if that would be worth the trip. It's quite a drive. Yeah, because you got to drive all the way around like Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I right. think yeah, I have not... a friend who did it one year, and I think it is still like I don't know, maybe three hours or something. I mean, yeah. it's it's far enough that bit. you wouldn't do that just to like go to the one show and then go back. Or I mean, most people would not. And I have especially yeah. after you traveled there to the, you know, right, which most people have. Um, 
Yeah, so I have not heard of that particular tradition at Kalamazoo, but I don't know. They might I they would they would either really appreciate or really hate us if we did, so you should you should organize the twenty twenty group trip. Yeah. Get those group discount packages. It's like eighteen dollars a person. Yeah. And you get a free souvenir card. Yeah. yeah, we should have mentioned that um this is quite it's it, it is the the price is very reasonable. It's quite reasonable. Well, it starts out okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no and yes at the same time. If you're savvy, you can get a you can get a good price because mm-hmm. it's usually on Groupon right. or they have like a discount code. But like for the tourist, like you know the kind of family, like the quasi heteronormative, like blundering Midwestern family that like all are wearing matching sweatshirts. I could literally see a parent being like, oh, kids, a castle. We'll just go in. And they end up walking out spending like $400. Yeah. Also, we forgot to mention. <laughs> That's the problem. I kind Because of, they do up. I mean, everything is an upsell. I mean, you go in. They're like, do you want this extra thing? Do you want this? Do you want to? You get your photo taken. That's And the drinks are. Get a the drinks are also really pricey. I and mean, I think it's like $16, $16 for a beer. $16 for my like, light yeah. cup. Yeah. I mean, have, have you seen the cup, though? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I appreciate my style. Speaking but... of which, like, there was a point where we were watching the uh, the 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 the, um, the gift counter with somebody who was just coming to pick up dragon statues, mm-hmm. and I loved it so much. Like, they clearly had pre-ordered these dragon Aww. statues. Like, it was the only place that they could get dragon statues somehow. Or it was the closest point. I don't know. But they were really into it. And um, that was great. I would say that if you compare it to buying four tickets at a movie theater and adding in popcorn and drinks, it's it's negligible. It's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Like mm-hmm. if you really like, you know, took a family of four out, bought four tickets, that's 50 yeah. bucks. Bought popcorn and did either dinner before or after. You're probably very close to what we paid, which I think was about $150 for four of us. Right. Yeah. Uh, so in the segment that we uh, would ordinarily call Fabula Nostra and would kind of talk about an alternative movie, I thought it'd be fun to talk about for this uh, how we would do our own version of medieval times. Um, do you guys want to, do either of you want to start? Go ahead. Um, my, um, I, honestly, my, my, my personal fantasy version of medieval times has more wizards and shit in it. Yeah, wizards are good. <laughs> Like, like it has uh, maybe some owl bears, something like that. Uh, a creature, some some sort of creature from the forest that doesn't belong there, and then the knights have to deal with it, which also raises some very qu- obvious questions about, uh, or some very important questions about kind of colonialism, mm. but. That's what I'm. I'm thinking. I just want more wizards. That's fair. I want more magic. That's fair. Or and more, also more falcons, more of the falcon guy. I feel like the the falcon guy could have been given a much bigger role. Yeah. Yeah. What if there was a falcon going around while they were fighting? I worry that might freak out the falcon. Yeah. Probably, but I'm just saying in theory. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, if they could. Maybe if the what fal- if it was a robot falcon? Okay. 
So Wait. we don't know that it is a robot falcon, though, so it doesn't get scared and there's no animal issues. Mm. Okay, I'm going to take back my question, like my answer. I need more robots. <laughs> okay. So more robots, more wizards. <clears throat> yes, sounds like that's on your list. Robots and wizards and Godzilla. <laughs> okay. This is the wrong. This is the wrong format now. Okay. You need to go to the robot bars in Japan. <laughs> so Don, what would you like to see in your version of medieval times? I would like there to be female knights. Yes, definitely. And it would be interesting if there was like uh, like a 10-minute arc of like a small town squire moves up the ranks to become a knight in the big city. Yeah. Kind of like a redemption story of the family name. Yeah. And it could either be a male or a female. And then that way you get some of the sm- small town stuff you were talking about in the village yeah. stuff. And learning a little bit more about the day in the life. Yeah. That'd be really cool. And, you know, because, I mean, as much as I enjoy the tricks, do we need to watch, like, all six knights catch rings with their lances? Right, and parade their horses back and forth about seven times. Yeah. I mean, I think they could do a little bit more story arc and a little less of the the tricks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. Your answer's good. Thank you. So much better than mine. You like robots though, and wizards. Robots and wizards are good. I said wizards, not lizards. Well, I also do like wizards. <laughs> wizards. And I actually said you said wizards oh. and lizards. I did actually. <laughs> I like Since at the end you suggested more Godzilla. What about you? Um. So, what would you like to see if you could control medieval times? So, what I would actually like to do is even just sticking with the kind of standard, you know, having knights and they battle it out format. Um. I would like to see some acknowledgement of the fact that Spain was actually a really diverse place and that until 1492, there are always Muslim kingdoms or kingdom at least. So I think what would be really cool is to actually acknowledge that. Um, So first of all, like that map should be set on fire and then fixed by me. Um, (laughs) So when there's a crime in our local (laughs) Chicago medieval times and Sarah's arrested with a sharpie. Exactly. The, the crime is just like me defacing this map and like re- and like drawing over it to fix it. <laughs> just lots of sad faces with mustaches. Right. Uh, so after I deface this map and fix it with a better one, um, less artistically, you know, interesting, I'm sure, but more accurate. Um, on my map, I, you know, would have various of the, you know, Muslim kingdoms. And I think it would be really cool to set it kind of slightly more specifically in um, the period up about the kind of 11th century, where in addition to there being the various um, Christian kingdoms, some of which are, ac- are to varying degrees accurately represented, uh, that there are also a bunch of different Muslim kingdoms at that time. And uh, we actually know that at various points, you know, the like things kind of went back and forth and that Christian knights uh, um, fought for various Muslim kingdoms and uh, Muslim knights fought for various Christian kingdoms. And this is just a thing that we know is true about the Reconquista, that not everything always uh, fell along precisely religious lines. And I think it would be really cool to have the setting be basically a tournament but a tournament that brought together both christian and muslim knights and that there was actually that was something that was kind of part of the plot in some way is thinking about the religious differences and to what extent those divided people or not during this period yes some actual historical accuracy would be great yeah i mean as usual that's basically what i'm asking for is just like can you can you pretend history existed (laughs) 
But also, maybe one of them could be a robot. Yeah, I mean, she could probably work it in. Yeah, like, or... I could definitely have one be a wizard. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And could one have a backstory or be a lady? Mm Mm-hmm. I think we've got a... We could storyboard all this. We've got a pitch going on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, like, you know, I also will say, like, you know, in the real medieval world, I mean, first of all, this is not the real medieval world, so given that it's not the real medieval world, I'm totally fine having some women knights... But even if it was the medieval world, I there is actually really no reason at all that you couldn't have, say, like, a woman disguising herself as a man. And that could be, like, part of a plot line that would... That's exactly what, like, I was thinking with regards to, like, you know. Yeah, we've got a really good, like, we've got a good, script, like, part of a script yeah. going on. We do, yeah. we really do. Where there's robots disguised as women, <laughs> disguised as men. I Doing a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. going on. We have to work on it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we've got a lot medieval of times. We'll be in touch. <laughs> yeah, with our with our suggestions. I actually, I actually do mess. kind of want to contact them and offer to fix their map. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to do that so bad. Please be. <laughs> Here is like seven powerpoints that I have shown to my students with many maps of Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this, uh, comes to the point in the podcast where we rate the medieval times experience. Um, so, uh, this is a section that we call estimatio. So how would you guys rate medieval times on a one to five scale? Five being, this is the best thing I've ever done. And one being, I'd never, ever go back. I've, I've got to give it a five. I love it so much. (laughs) It's the worst and the best. It's so great. I would probably land somewhere around a uh-huh. four. I don't have fatigue yet from living here, but I definitely do experience the level from being a person near one where when people visit, they're like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Pleasant company excluded, but between like... <laughs> I've gone to medieval times so much I should have a punch card. It would probably help with the cost. It would. uh, But it is really fun. And, like, especially since, like, one of my really good friends has a kid. Yeah. And, like, she loves going. And, like, I think that's freaking adorable. And I think that it's fun that it's something you could do with a kid. uh, And it's something that you can enjoy doing with a group of people or just one person. You don't have a lot of things that flex that well. So that part's nice. I go into those things knowing that probably at most 10% of it is accurate. Yep. That, that's it. That sounds about right. So you, And you gave me hope that at least some of it was actually thought about, especially with the fact that they had some documents and some of the weapons were right yeah. era <laughs> loosely. Yeah. Yeah. But like to your point about a bunch of the other stuff, you know, it would be nice to get some lore backstory and that's something I've always kind of hoped they had, like make it more of a theatrical production instead of like an actual like, dressage right oh there is dressage too we didn't even mention how there's dressage (laughs) yeah like those horses are very well trained they are i want to hug them they're so pretty i'm like such i'm such a horse girl (laughs) but yeah so i'd say a four just because like i worry about it like the store the story changes but it doesn't change enough to be like honestly like having a female having a queen that's female versus having a king that's male like i don't think it changed the story that much right 
It was the same, like, blowhearted thing. Somebody being like, no, you need to do this. Yeah, and then it ended up being this very weird that, like, the queen's kind of sitting there, and then there's this sort of vaguely unintentional, like, toxic masculinity parade in front of her. Um, It's sort of awkward. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. I think our night actually turned out to be kind of sexist. Yeah, (laughs) he did. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed awkward. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, he was supposed to be the villain. Yeah, yeah. He, we ended up, yeah, we forgot spoilers, we ended up with the heel, but uh, Yeah, we had the knife who's the bad guy. <laughs> I guess not spoilers, but yeah. Spoiler we alert. That we ended up with yeah. the heel. So, I would probably because I feel obligated to uh, take historical accuracy into account somewhat in my rating. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a three, which is basically my rating for like fun of the experience it would get a five but historical accuracy it would get a one Fair. uh so that averages to about a three um i feel like it is a really fun experience i would totally go i would only go with people who like you guys are willing to tolerate me then making a lot of comments about the historical accuracy level which is not everyone <laughs> but that makes it actually kind of like two and one for the show for us right it's like the it's like we get a bonus level to the yeah. show. That's exactly what I was just about to say. Yeah, the extra show of uh, me making snarky comments. Because if it was just me and if it was just Benjamin and I, like I would just be like, horses. <laughs> They're very good horses, though. Yeah, they are good horses. Still. So, as I said, yeah, would definitely go again, but would only go with people that I felt confident would be willing to tolerate me and my snarky comments about historical accuracy. Since anyone who is not willing to do that would hate me by the end of the show. Also, you want to get that horn cup. I would go back and get a horn cup. Uh, thank you all. Thank you very much, Don and Benjamin, for joining me. Thank you for having us. Um, so we will be back in two weeks with our episode on the little hours. Uh, in the meantime, we would love for you to uh, come and find us and rate and review us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Um, uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Media Evil Pod. Um, or if you have any questions for us, uh, please email us at media.evilpod at gmail.com. Uh, we also would uh, love for anyone who is a listener to come and join our Facebook group. Um, it's a lot of fun. And I think we've mentioned a couple of times in this episode that there are some visuals that uh, we would love to include. So those will be posted there. All right. You've got to see the green knight. Yeah. He's... Yeah. So there will be pictures of... Are you going to post the the... The picture I took of you in the green night? Uh, yes. Probably. You don't want to. Well, you're going to have to now. <laughs> now I have to. He's very handsome. I mean, I tagged him on Instagram and I hoped I was going to get a like, follow back. Oh. No. Now I felt creepy <laughs> with this. Yeah, so. Yeah, so there's a photo of me and the attractive knight. There are photos of uh, the painting of somebody executing a llama. And of a very creative map of Spain. So whichever of those you find most exciting, you can find it in the Facebook group. It's clearly the map of Spain. Everyone <laughs> it's clearly this map of Spain. Everybody of wants Spain. to see this map of Spain. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you all so much. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank all right. You. Bye. Bye.